Welcome to God's Playbook, the podcast that knocks the hard-hitting religious questions out of the park or catching the Holy Spirit right at the end zone. Train your soul and be God's MVP with your host, Father Rico Passero. It's a 20, 10, 5, touchdown! Touchdown! This is God's Playbook. Let's play ball. Hi, friends, and welcome back to God's Playbook. Today we're going to talk about the meaning of the Lord's Prayer. I thought we'd start off with reading the passage from St. Matthew's Gospel, and then I'm going to walk us through every line of the Lord's Prayer to help us to really understand what Jesus wanted us to know and how we should truly pray from the bottom of our hearts. So let us hear from St. Matthew's Gospel. Jesus taught them, this is how you are to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not subject us to the final test, but deliver us from the evil one. If you forgive others their transgressions, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your transgressions. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, the Lord's Prayer is a prayer that is foundational to our faith, helps us to understand the relationship that God wishes to have with us. But I find that sometimes when we become so familiar with something, we might lose sight of the importance of it. And so I want to use this episode, friends, as an opportunity to come to know the Lord's Prayer a little more deeper and also to appreciate each word and each phrase uh, in a more beautiful way. St. Cyprian of Carthage, a third century bishop, wrote this about the Lord's Prayer. My dear friends, the Lord's Prayer contains many great mysteries of our faith. In these few words, there is a great spiritual strength, for this summary of divine teaching contains all our prayers and petitions. Pope Benedict said this of the Lord's Prayer, The meaning of the Our Father goes much further than the mere provision of a prayer. It aims to form our being to train us in the inner attitude of Jesus. We're gonna come back to that idea of the inner attitude of Jesus in a moment. St. Thomas Aquinas in his writing teaches that we really come to understand the five excellent qualities of the Lord's Prayer. He talks about five qualities in particular, that the Lord's Prayer is confident, orderly, suitable, devout, and humble. And so when we think about that, St. Thomas Aquinas says it should take its chief place among all prayers because it really helps us to come to have a deep dialogue with God in a very appropriate way. The seven petitions in the Lord's Prayer itself continues to ask God to do for us what we need him to do. And while God already knows our heart, It is important that we offer these petitions to the Lord our God and trust that God will provide for us. The Lord's Prayer, let's face it, friends, is usually our go-to prayer. Have you ever been somewhere where somebody has asked you to lead a prayer and you think, I don't know what to say? I'm going to passero prediction here that 
you probably went to the Lord's Prayer. And you don't have to feel guilty about that. But I don't want it to be so routine for us because the Lord's Prayer can be routine. Rather, if we truly focus on the depth of it, like some of the saints and our Pope Emeritus Benedict reminds us, then we realize that the Lord's Prayer is complete. It comes from the mind of Jesus. It helps us to know the heart of Jesus. It sums up his entire life, his ministry, and his mission. So having heard these things, how does the Lord's Prayer affect us? Well, we have to think of the first experience, as I just read in St. Matthew's Gospel, in which the disciples were basically pleading with Jesus to help them to pray as St. John the Baptist taught his disciples to pray. And so Jesus does this to help us to come to really understand that God wishes to have this intimate union with us. In John chapter 17, Jesus reveals the Father's love for us. And throughout his ministry, this is the main focus of Jesus's words, actions, and behaviors. And so we find in its completion in the Lord's Prayer itself that this one prayer truly summarizes the life of Jesus and how we are to live. So when we come to Mass, hopefully all of us are reminded of that the priest always invites us to pray in this way. He says, At the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say. So it shows us that it is Jesus who has given us this prayer, which that's why we call it the Lord's Prayer, because it's his prayer. But it also helps us by divine teaching. God has taught us to do this, thereby we do it with great joy. So this daring part comes from a foundational understanding that God is our Father. That's the first words, as we all know, our Father who art in heaven. We recognize that it's not my Father or the Father or some other words. Rather, it's our Father talking about this communal element. We have to realize that God's fatherhood for us is for me as his child that I first received on the day of my baptism, that I am God's son, or you might be God's son or daughter, hearing this. But the reality is calling God our father, it is calling out to God as Abba or Daddy. Talks about this intimate, beautiful connection that we have as a term of endearment of God our Father. And this would have been very difficult for the disciples to understand as faithful Jews. Because for a faithful Jew, they love God's name so much that God's name is not to be spoken. That the name Yahweh was not to be spoken. His name is too holy to be said. And so when Jesus teaches the disciples and each of us to call God Father, it shows this unique relationship that God wishes to have with us. And since Jesus is God, as the second person of the Blessed Trinity, he's able to make that bold claim. So by calling God Abba, it's like we're saying Daddy. How many of us as individuals, or perhaps we have experience with children, that when they call out to their father and they say papa or daddy or what I call my dad, papa, it shows this beautiful, unique relationship. And chances are by calling out to dad, unless they're really in trouble, dad is going to provide for them what they need. And so by calling out 
to God as Abba, it also helps us to recognize that our origin comes from him. The Father is the source and essence of all life. And our intimacy with the Father helps us to discover the Father's love for us. So God is absolutely almighty and powerful, but by calling him our Father talks about that we share this relationship with him. And indeed, it's God's grace and a gift to us, as I mentioned, first given to us on our baptismal day. So our Father who art in heaven, how important it is for us to also recognize God's majesty and glory over us. Now you might say, but Father Rico, we know God is in heaven, but isn't, is he just there? Is he here on earth as well? And so we recognize God's majesty as we give him honor and praise. So the first thing is to seek God's glory. And the more we give God the honor and praise that is his due, then it helps us to realize that we need to live an orderly and structured life while also recognizing our need to care for our brother and sister. So again, our Father. The second thing is that we want to imitate God, our loving Father. God is love, God is merciful, and God is perfect. We remind ourselves that Jesus says, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. The third element is being obedient to God. Jesus was obedient to the Father even unto death. And so as we recognize our responsibility and love for the Father, so too we should be obedient as well. The second part of the Lord's Prayer, hallowed be your name. Hallowed is another word for holy or to be glorified or sanctified. By saying hallowed be your name, we're not only telling God, God, I recognize that you are holy, but we are giving honor to the name of God which should be praised above all things. We understand that one of the commandments is to remember to respect the name of God. And this should be something that we are very cautious of each and every day of our life. That any time God's name is said, it should always be done in reverence, honor, and praise. We're also suggesting that the name of God should be recognized by everyone in the world. Those who already do give honor and praise to God, and sadly, those who do not. In our words, we're saying that his name is to be praised. We know God to be righteous, powerful, and the one true God. The next part of the Lord's Prayer is, Thy kingdom come. This has a twofold meaning. First, we recognize that God's kingdom is around us in our everyday life. But we also are praying for the kingdom that is to come, the second coming of God, in which heaven and earth will be transformed anew, especially as we hear in the book of Revelation in the scriptures. We recognize at Mass and every day of our life the hope that Jesus will come back to take us with him so that we can live forever in his kingdom. And so thy kingdom come, is so important for us that we recognize the hope found in God. So the second part is, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Of course, we recognize that God has created heaven, has his eternal dwelling place. He is there in the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, 
Our Blessed Mother is there. The saints are there. The communion of saints already glorified. The angels are there. So we want God's kingdom on earth to be like his kingdom in heaven. Perfect, beautiful, holy. All of us as the communion of saints are invited into this beauty of the kingdom that is to come and that the earthly kingdom is to model the perfect heavenly one. And so it is God's will that it should be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not my will, not your will, friends, but God's will be done. And sometimes, I wonder if this is true of you, I find God's will to be very difficult. So by praying this part of the Lord's Prayer, I'm also saying, God, help me to see your will in my life. Help me to make decisions in my life that are pleasing to you. Because sometimes it's easier to sin than to do what's right. But when I sin, I immediately have guilt. But if I'm doing God's will, then I have to trust that God's will for me is always better than my will is for myself. And so again, it's so important that as we commit ourselves to God, we become one spirit with him and thereby accomplish his will. When God's words are my words, I'm doing his will. When he's telling me to forgive and to let go, I'm doing his will. And so we pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. There are so many layers to this phrase. It suggests that we are fed by Jesus in Holy Communion. Every time we come to Mass every week, it's an opportunity of grace that we enter just as the disciples did at the Last Supper and feast on the body and blood of Jesus. We know that this has biblical beginnings and how God provided for the people in the desert, that he gave them bread from heaven, but that Jesus recognized that the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. So by praying, give us this day our daily bread. For the disciples at first, it would be this connection to how God always provided for the people of Israel, the chosen people. And we as God's daughters and sons continue to be chosen by God to be blessed. God can never be outdone in generosity. Many times in the confessional, I give a penance that focuses on praying the Lord's Prayer and really focusing on give us this day our daily bread. So the Eucharist is paramount, but then that God blesses me with everything I need, my health to be able to go to work, patience to raise my kids, the ability to bless others through prayer and kind words. There are so many ways in which God provides for us. The food that we enjoy, the house as a stable shelter for me and my family, the joy of sports, the joy of music, the ability to feel love, the ability to give love. Each of us have so many needs. So give us this day our daily bread. God, give to me what I need for today. And notice this isn't for the rest of my life. This is daily bread. Jesus, help me today because I need the patience today to tolerate my wife or my husband. My kids are driving me crazy. My pastor is very difficult to love. The person at work drives me nuts. Give us this day our daily bread, the patience we need to learn how to love, to learn how to let go, to learn how to forgive. 
Give us this day our daily bread. The next part of the prayer, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. I don't know about you, friends, but this is very difficult for me. To be able to forgive is truly a grace of the Holy Spirit. It is the heart of God. I am giving God permission to forgive me in the way that I forgive his other children, my brothers and sisters in Christ. That those who trespass against me, as I forgive them, God can forgive me. So if I hold resentment and anger in my heart, I'm basically giving God permission to not forgive me either. And I have to really remember, friends, how many times I, you, we, continue to sin. How many times have I let God down? The king of creation, the source of my life, Abba, Daddy, why would I ever want to let him down? And so by God inviting us to learn how to forgive, it's not that God wants to limit his mercy for us, but he's saying, Rico, if I've forgiven you, how much more are you to forgive others? Because as much as we suggest that people who love us might stab us in the back, betray our trust, etc., friends, God deserves our utmost respect and love. And so if he can forgive us, certainly we need to learn how to forgive others too. So this bitterness, anger in our hearts, there's no room for God's love to fill our hearts if we fill it with that. How we ask God to be merciful, to forgive our sins, we need to let go and let God. We need to stop harboring resentment, anger, frustration from previous years, and we need to put it aside. Doesn't mean that the hurt done to us isn't hurtful, but yet our refusal to forgive someone who has wronged us limits our ability to enjoy God's grace. Only God can give us the strength to do it, and he does do it through this prayer. The next section, and lead us not into temptation. Temptation and sin go hand in hand, don't they? When we come to face our temptations, we realize that the devil knows our weakness. My temptations might be different from yours. When we think about discipline, even when we eat, for some people, dessert is the greatest temptation. How many of you might say, why don't we just start with dessert? But then we understand too much sugar intake can lead to other problems. We might become diabetic or have other health concerns. So there's nothing wrong with having a piece of cake, but it shouldn't be the primary meal for the day. What are the things that tempt you? Perhaps we work too much. Perhaps it's sins of impurity. Perhaps it's this reluctance to be silent at times. I need to always be right. Maybe it's my ego. Whatever the things that are tempting us, friends, the devil knows our weak points and he likes to really pound away at those things. Well, the only way we're going to overcome temptation, as Jesus reminds us in the Gospels, is by turning to God in prayer. We need God to set up roadblocks for us to lead us far from the path of temptation. And so calling upon the grace of God is this self-awareness that we need his help. Apart from me, you can do nothing, Jesus says, but with me, all things are possible. 
and so to fight off the devil and all that is evil. Indeed, we call upon the grace of God to help us. Deliver us from evil. Evil is an unfortunate reality in our world. The devil, as I mentioned, is constantly trying to tempt us and make his full-time job to keep us from our relationship with God. He's so jealous and envious of the Father's love for us that he wants us to be far from him. Barricades, distance, obstacles. How can God love you? Look how you've disappointed him. Any way the devil can force us, convince us, confuse us, these are opportunities where the evil one is persistent in keeping us from the Father. And so again, by saying deliver us from evil shows that we need God's help. The devil has no power over God. When we pray to God for protection, our daddy, Abba, always protects us from what is evil. But we need to call upon him. We need to ask him, asking him to shield us. So this beautiful prayer, friends, that we've had the opportunity to delve deeper into is a beautiful invitation from Jesus. How can you make the Lord's Prayer a more profound part of your daily prayer life? May the Lord continue to bless us as we learn about his love for us. God loves you and so do I. If you like what you hear, please consider supporting us on our Ko-Fi, K-O-F-I, or GoFundMe at God's Playbook Podcast. Thanks, and God bless.